Hello and welcome to the AC Podcast. I'm your host for today's episode. And today I get to sit down with our newest member of Apologetics Canada, Jill Royas. We're going to be hearing from her about her time in ministry, but also what led her to coming to AC, as well as her hopes for the future. So make sure you tune in. We're going to have a great conversation. But before we get to that, I want to let you know about something coming up September 20th and 21st. The Bible has had an impact on our world that is unparalleled in its scope. From personal ethical values to governmental institutions, the ancient collection of writings has shaped much of what we take for granted. But can we trust it to begin with? How do we know the Bible is reliable? Explore these important questions with us at the upcoming Apologetics Canada Conference on September 20th and 21st at Briarcrest College and Seminary. That's September 20th and 21st, 2023 in Cairnport, Saskatchewan. ApologeticsCanada.com. And now for the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am your host for today's episode. But I am here, drumroll, with the newest member of Apologetics Canada, Jill Royas. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel like uh, that drum was like too much hype for me. Too much hype. No, not enough hype. Guys, ladies. Jill joins us as our community engagement overseer. And, you know, Jill is a writer with a love for well-crafted stories and thoughtful conversations. She has over a decade of experience in university campus ministry in Canada. I could just rattle off your bio, but Jill, how, how would you kind of describe yourself? What are you passionate about? Oh, my. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, well, I, I love Jesus. I think Jesus radically transformed <laughs> my life <laughs> as a 16 year old who did not grow up. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in a, a Christian family, maybe like nominally Christian. So yeah. when God revealed himself to me through Christ and through the gospel, it really blew my mind. <laughs> so mm. I'd say first and foremost, yeah, definitely. Um, I love, I love, Jesus. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm a person of many interests, I will say. Um, I think that a lot, it's interesting that people will know me for a really long time and then they'll find out that, I don't know, that I play guitar or that I like college basketball or something. And, and then they'll okay. be like, oh, I never knew that. So I, I kind of live up, I, I feel like I live up to like the Jill of all trades type the Jill of all trades. Where I wow. have. But Are you selling t shirts after? Like, is this what we're. Uh, no, there's, there's no branding. There's no money okay. to be made here. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so it says you, you, you have over a decade of experience in university campus ministry. Did you spend a lot of time in university yourself, and that's what kind of woke <laughs> that desire? I mean, I would say that my experience in university was. Like that, God used it in such a, a transformational, like deep discipleship kind of way, mm. um, and probably in a way that you wouldn't expect. I went to like a highly secular university on the West Coast. I won't name them right now, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like other students are writing op eds to the student newspaper, calling Christians lobotomized individuals, and. You know, I had Yikes. professors. I, I majored in English and I minored in humanities. And so, you know, I had professors who kind of disparagingly say things like, is anyone here like a Bible thumper? And like, you know, like, that's crazy. I just, uh, 
you know, I think you don't expect for a university to be like a spiritually enriching place, but that was my experience. Right. And uh, thanks to, um, yeah, God leading me to a community of like, like-minded, passionate Christian believers. And that's, I feel like I had many opportunities to share my faith in university and, and yeah. I was discipled um, on a weekly basis for the first time. And that made a huge difference. And I went on like mission trips in the summers and, I just had an amazing experience in university. I was I was in university for five years, for five years. Okay, so, okay. Uh, yeah. See, I, you, yeah. you're sounding like one of few people that can honestly come out and be like, man, I had a great university experience. I, <laughs> I, I think back to my time in university. Now, I know there's people that went to my alma mater that are <laughs> that are listening to the podcast. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not about to dig at my school. I, I really appreciate my school. I loved it. But my overall experience in university is really interesting, but it was also what really fueled my desires for ministry because I went to I went to three different schools. I went to school in California for a year. Then I moved to northern Saskatchewan and went to a small little Bible college. And then I moved eventually to Winnipeg where I finished off my degree. So I did five years. It was like one, two, two as well. And my overall university experience, like I said, played a heavy role in my walk with the Lord, but also some of my some of my burdens, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, did you experience a lot of that too while you're on campus? I mean, you're in a non-Christian setting, so there's some things you're not surprised by. But how did you navigate those those spaces, being the quote unquote Bible thumper? <laughs> Yeah, I actually I did put up my hand when uh, I don't think she was expecting anyone to actually like, <laughs> raise her hand to that, and I was like, "Me? Are you insulting me?" I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I think you see the reality of brokenness and sin uh, on a university campus, and there's a lot of pressure, like mm. financially and academically, and yep. you know, uh, so you kind of see that wear away at people as well. And, uh, and so for sure, like, I think that, you know, God gives us compassion for, for, you know, just seeing people kind of just trudge through life without, without joy or purpose and, and also without community. That's actually something I think that was shocking to, it continues to be, I think for, for high school students who go to university they go from a place where everyone knew their name, their teachers knew them, you know, they Oof. knew the school inside and out, all the secret places. And then you That's show up right. on a campus and right. you're like one of 500 in a lecture hall. And nobody will even care if you sleep through every class that year or right. even show up at all but you will be wasting your money. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's no. that's absolutely right. Let's it, it's interesting you you get on community because I find you know, especially in the last 4 years, community is something that was was really challenged, I believe in the church as a whole. Um in in a way that we never that we never really thought, right? Cuz I think if you were to go to the average church and we're not going to knock on mega churches or anything like that cuz small churches have issues with community too. But if you were to go to the average church, maybe pre-COVID, they'd probably say, man, we have a great community, absolutely great community. We got all these programs and this and that and and systems, right? But 
then you have something like a a pandemic where you don't have a central location. And that's where you actually really learn, you know, the depths of your community. Like, do you, you have programs and things at church or on a university campus? But what about those people that fall through the cracks so easily? And there's thousands of them, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm an extrovert. Now I'd like to say I'm a selective extrovert, um, but I was like full-blown extrovert. So all those settings where you just go and meet and mingle, I love them. But I had friends who were like, nah, man, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed. I can't be in those places. And they didn't feel like they had community. And it was kind of it's kind of interesting when you when you start thinking about universities like that. Yeah, for sure. I also identify as an extrovert, but I think the older I get, <laughs> I feel like just the less energy I sure. have in general. And uh, and the more I want to maybe like strengthen um, probably pre-existing relationships more. But my husband is an introvert. And for the, I think for the first few months, we actually also got married basically right at the beginning of COVID. Um, wow. So <laughs> yeah, like wow. March 28th is 2020. That's uh, our anniversary. So, so I think he actually at the beginning loved uh, the, like, you know, (laughs) just like the cut with social, like, He said, I locked her down and now we are locked down. (laughs) I got her for keeps. Yes. But um, I think for us, thankfully, uh, and I do, I know it's not possible for everybody, but if you can live near people who are a part of your Christian community from your church or just Christian friends. I think that just makes a world of difference to see each other kind of like uh, more frequently throughout the week. And, um, and then I think that's the beauty of university because for a period of, you know, four years, you're in the same place, like, you know, pulling all nighters or, you know, falling asleep in the library together or whatever it is. Um, and you, you're together. So there's like that proximity with other, um, with friends, with other believers or, um, and even with non-believers and that you don't really get, I think after, like you have to be so much, that's what I try to tell students where I'm like, you have to be so intentional as an adult, uh, to, not only like make friendships that's hard enough, but then to maintain them, it's like, and oh, then when you put word, kids yeah. in the picture and you got like nap schedules and Oh, come on. Like- <laughs> <laughs> you preach it right now. You preach it right now. I, I resonate with that <laughs> heavily, you know, because I think it's the moment you get kids, your friends just assume you have no time, but then there's also this deceptive part of you that thinks you, you're like, no, I got time. I'm fine. Like, this is okay. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not exhausted. We've only been hanging out for an hour and I'm ready for a nap, but this is okay. This is good. You know, you go, you go through this like very, very like peaks and valleys of, of that transition into, into having kids. But I'd love, I'd love to talk a little bit about your family. Tell us about your, your family unit. Yeah, my husband and I met at church, actually. So he comes from a Portuguese Catholic background. He has a really interesting uh, story where, yeah, he had been like the atheist kid in his Catholic school and much later in life. And after some hardship and um, and things, he really had come to terms with the fact that he realized he was a sinner and that you know Jesus was real. He ordered for himself on Amazon the ESV study Bible and started wow, reading that's it. Awesome. And then awesome. it just Googled, or like, I think he just Googled Baptist Church or something. And then this one was within walking distance from his home. And so he just showed up one day. And that's the thing, too, I always think about. You never know who shows up 
at your right. church on a Sunday. And he also right. had tried to show up previous Sundays, but kind of like chickened out. So, yeah. uh, you know, obviously I'm thankful that he made it through the door. For sure. That For one sure. day and was welcomed. And um, we have a, also a pandemic baby, if you will, our son was born. <laughs> a, uh, also pandemic like, pediatrics. There yeah, we go. Our son was born about a month early and uh, came around uh, December 2020. And so he's two and a half now. Nice. And uh, yeah. He's a toddler. So. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, the toddler boy. <laughs> Listeners, you you could not see the 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 full mom energy when she said that he it was, it was he is a toddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but we, we love him and uh, are very grateful. Uh, no, that's yeah. awesome. That's a, so now you've been you know you've been doing ministry for several years. Like you 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 kind of. I don't want to say like you're a seasoned saint in that regard to make you sound old, but I would, I would love to know like what, did you always have this pull for ministry? So you, you said that you didn't grow up as a, you didn't grow up in a Christian setting and it, you know, you didn't, so you didn't, you came to God later in the faith, but when was this switch that was like, man, I need to, I, I have this burden, this desire to actually do, to do ministry. I think in, it was really in university where mm, okay. one, there was the need, um, and also my involvement in mission trips also helped me kind of see the worldwide need. So, yeah. so I think when confronted with almost like the sheer numbers of need, I was like, which, you know, and you never want to feel pressure. Like there's no pressure, but uh, I had to say too that I think I was surprised in university to find out how many people were open to spiritual conversations and how many, mm. you know, a lot of people just never get to the deeper kind of conversations with, even with friends they've known for decades, like, True. Um, True. and I just remember kind of just being surprised, like, you know, as I was talking to strangers or talking to classmates, the interest that there actually was in, uh, in talking about, you know, life and death and meaning and purpose and happiness and, and, and that, uh, and at the end of the day, I was also having a lot of fun. <laughs> like I, I loved, I loved spiritual conversations. I loved discipling, you know, other, other believers, like other women. And it just was very satisfying, like to me on a existential level. <laughs> like, well, I will say you, you come by it so naturally. Listeners, you may you may not know, but Jill was actually with us for the leadership summit in Ontario for our first one, and we we had her come out and and share and speak. And I just remember kind of watching you in your element, you know, just like wow, you you're so good at this. You just come alive in that setting, right? Like you're when you're a, around young adults, you could just tell that there is a genuineness about you in your interaction and. You know, I for myself, I'm constantly around young people, but you don't realize all the time how how difficult it can be to have those conversations with with that age that age group because they've experienced enough to become skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. They've experienced enough to have have garnered their own experiences yeah. and match it up against other people's experiences and make a decision one way or another that they're not just going to always take you at your word. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool for me to see how you, 
are so relational that any conversation that you were kind of having, whether it seemed like someone who already knew you or not, you could tell they were, that you were genuinely invested and listening. And I just wanted to just just applaud you for that because that is it, it truly is a blessing. Thanks. That's really kind and encouraging. And yeah, young people are also lots of fun. I'll say. And I will say that I've been in ministry long enough to kind of make the transition from before these were my peers and I was like, you know, like the friend. And then yeah. over years kind of being like, oh, I think I'm venturing into the older sister kind of now. Yeah. You know, like- tell us about that. Tell, tell us about that because <laughs> I, I yeah. see this, I see this so prominently one in our churches for sure, when you got new young leaders, but also in camp ministry. Uh, I've spent a lot of years in camp ministry and you see certain people that are now the uh, a camp director or they're a staff director or even a counselor, but they're amongst people that they were in camp with is two, three years. How did you create that separation without creating it like you're lesser than? Yeah, I mean, for better or worse, I think people kind of project some expectations onto you once you're in any any kind of leadership, even as maybe like a peer like leader. So in some senses, I think the the separation just happens uh, maybe naturally, uh, maybe unintentionally as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I think for me. It literally was just like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't stay up and go to McDonald's at 3 a.m. with you anymore, <laughs> like, you know, and uh, like, I, I'm, I, I, I gotta go to bed, kind of thing, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to respond to your messages at 4 a.m. Um, you can message Amen. me. I'm going to probably turn off my notifications. So, I mean, there's like boundaries, I think. That, 100%. You know, boundaries. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. That really so, is a big one. So that when I'm with you, I can kind of hopefully give you like my best uh, self, my best energy. And um, yeah, that's, it's a good question. I haven't reflected too much on the, on the process of that, actually. For sure. I feel like it For kind sure. of... One day you're like, wow, I'm a decade older than you, man. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> no, that's And you don't understand good. the slang anymore. I feel like that's all. I'm just like, what? No cap? I'm no Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm in the hip-hop world, so I, I can give you a rundown once we're off the podcast if you need. I got a, I got a plethora of phrasing that... I've had to maintain to a certain degree, but there are some things you're right. You're right. I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. And you're not going to make me feel old about it either. Let's get one thing straight. Like, you don't know what that word means. No, I don't know what that word means because that's not really a word. All right. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I, I will calm down. Okay. I, I also drew the line at a certain, I was just like, when Snapchat came up and like, you know, I was just like, no, not doing Snapchat. I, I also, oh. I'm not doing TikTok. I just. <laughs> it's it's too much. You're going to get me fired up again. It's too much. <laughs> Listeners, it's too much. <laughs> so uh, your your role here is is community engagement. And I just love to know, like, when you think of community engagement and what is what does that look like for you? That's a good question. I mean, off the top of my head, I think of rallying people together for a common cause. I think for us, like the the Great Commission, 
yeah uh, making disciples yeah. and sharing yeah the great commandment love god love people and yes, so i definitely think of like you know rallying people together bringing people together over common questions with apologetics canada um common concerns perhaps or um common passions a common vision so there's that and uh, I think of churches, I think of the Christian community, kind of the way that they exist, the way it exists in Canada, so churches and, you know, different parachurch organizations, etc. And, you know, how can we work together? So No, that's good. I think there's always been this, this beautiful thing that I love about AC is this desire to really unite churches and communities that have that we just come by naturally as an organization and and I think it's okay for me to just toot AC's own horn for a moment yeah. for a moment because because a lot of people because <laughs> a lot of people or a lot of organizations have built themselves up that they that you you see a lack of partnership or it seems very very self-seeking even when it's a Christian organization. Now, I understand fully that you can't, you know, you, you, you can't always work with everyone. And it's not always a doctrinal issue. It's not always, a, it just doesn't work. You're kind of going in different directions. But I think what's really special about AC is our, our desire to meet, to meet people first you know, to try and connect with people first, because that's really the, you know, the, the people that are on the ground, right? The, that's, that's where the feet are. That's where the hands are. And so I just love that we are continuing to look for different opportunities to, to, to do that. And I just really think that you're going to, you know, it, that you're, you're, you're going to have a major role in that. I mean, you're, you're in Ontario. For those of you that don't know, Jill is in Ontario, and as AC has been expanding out there, you know you have a long history with with knowing Wes because of ministry, and it's just really I'm just really excited for this next season that we're going into, and and you know having you be a part of our team is only going to really, it, it really going to expand what God is doing through AC because we have that pull. People are trying to pull on us from Ontario, and so having you be out there is is really is really is really exciting because we don't fully know what the future holds but uh, yeah I, I, I don't know i just get pumped up about these sorts of things because you really see what god is doing and where his favor is resting that things are starting to come they come by naturally versus you feeling like you got to break down a barrier all the time mm -hmm. yeah but i'd love i'd love to know for you as someone who spent time on the east and west coast how have you seen the difference in church culture, ministry oh, yeah. culture? Uh, yeah, there's huge differences that exist both within and without uh, the church. Uh, the way I describe it, like the church where I came to faith in, in BC, you could show up on a Sunday in your Canucks jersey with a toucan, nobody would bat an eye. For the most part, it might depend on which church you go to in Toronto, but right. there is a slightly more like a formal okay okay approach i would say to sundays and i also i had a friend um compare it to it's sort of the difference between francis chan and tim keller 
Like, uh, oh. so you, I mean, just think about the West Coast casual, conversational yep. type vibes. And then Tim Keller is being, you know, like intellectual, um, maybe like more subdued in presentation. The content is like, sure, you know, uh, on point. But it's that style that's uh, that's a little bit different. And that's how I would characterize some of the differences between the West Coast and... Uh, I don't like to call Toronto a coast because we just have lakes. <laughs> but, right, right, right. You, you got know. a lot of water, right? Yeah, that's true, that's true. But, you know, people in Toronto are very... I mean, it is true to say that there is, like, a Toronto-centric view. <laughs> like, a very... Like, a... We're the center of Canada. No, like, oh, so. I feel that. I feel that. You know, it's really <laughs> funny you say that. Uh, two things is... I, you know, I grew up, so I grew up in the prairies, which is already, the true which center. was very, yeah, it, the true center. Like I literally live 15 minutes away from a place called Heartland, Canada, and it's literally the center of Canada. So just in case people were unaware, yeah. but we're going to move on. <laughs> and coming from a very, um, a very rural culture, it was normal to, you know, you just wear a t-shirt tucked into your belt and then you go to church. Not me though. Let's get the record straight. Not me, <laughs> but a very, very blue collar in nature. And then, yeah, and then coming out to the West Coast and super fashion oriented, super vibey. And, but what I love about it is that, especially like our church, is if I wore a suit on a Sunday, I wouldn't be sticking out like a sore thumb. But then also if I decided to just wear a shirt and pants, I also wouldn't be sticking out like a sore thumb. Our church culture has just really created this. It's like come dressed well, however you wear it, right? Like the West Coast is so big on vintage clothing and styling and that sort of stuff, <laughs> but you can dress it really well, right? But at the same time, there's no one sitting at the door like, oh, you're not dressed properly. Like you guaranteed you could look around and you'll see two, three, four people that are dressed just like you. And 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 so for me, I'm wondering because like I haven't spent a lot of time on the on on the East Coast, but there really does feel like there's this professionalism kind of energy going around where everyone's like, except when you go to Kensington Market, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 really interesting to hear. Um, yeah. because people forget sometimes how, how diverse Canada is, so, yeah, you know, so you, it's a five hour flight to Toronto and I landed and I'm like, where am I in Jamaica? Like, am I back home? <laughs> I did have my first Jamaican food ever in Toronto. I never had Jamaican food. In Was it Alwyn's Bakery? No, I have heard of Alwyn's and Oof. I've never been. <laughs> Oof. I'm missing out. <laughs> Alwyn's Bakery, go get the jerk chicken sandwich. And, and get a bottle of ting. It's a citrus drink. Okay. And it will change you. It will change you. You'll all of a sudden start talking like Toronto man's downtown, but without cussing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like all of my students at York. <laughs> right. But, I lie? All right. Yeah. But we exactly. won't do that. We won't do <laughs> but, Yeah, you understand the slang. You understand, oh, I my mean, gosh. I came to Toronto. I was like, what are you saying? I'm not like, Can you write that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, as we're as we're about to come to a close here, Jill, I uh, again I want to thank you so much for joining us on the AC podcast, but also joining us in this organization. I'm really excited to continue working with you and building with you and uh, getting to know you and your family a little bit better. Listeners, I hope you got the opportunity to to know 
Jill a little bit better. But Jill, if you, the two things before we come to a close, I would love, like, if you had just something that has just been kind of burning on your heart for just the, for, for the, the faith, uh, for the church, what would that be? And then at the end, I would love uh, you just, just let us know how people can stay in contact with you, stay connected with you. But let's go with the first thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, when I think about the Canadian church, and I think I shared this at a leadership summit, I, I think a word that comes to mind when I think about what is needed today, I'd say the word is courage. I think um, I was actually, <laughs> I have like insomnia right now. And so I was like up in the middle of the night reading about the um, Iran protests. And there was a Iranian woman who recently got baptized at my church. And she shared that the woman who witnessed to her in Iran was hanged. And I think, oh about, I know, and intense and sad, very sad. Um, and yet that woman's life has led to this woman also now uh, coming in Christ. And and then I just think in Canada, and I've thought this for a long time, and this is probably true for myself as well, which is like, someone just looks at me funny. I'm like, oh, I can't say anything. Like, you know, like, I'm just like, oh no, like they think I'm crazy for thinking that, you know, I can talk to God and the Bible is God's word. And uh, we can just get, and I, I'm 100%, I'm in this boat too. Like I struggle, it's something that I think I struggle with too, which, which is just, to be courageous with we've got the truth we have the living god yeah. in our hearts and and in canada that's usually the worst that people will do is look at us funny maybe call us a name and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like that's i'm not you know i'm not uh, in fear of my life or anything and so yeah um, courage that's good yeah yeah cool and and if people could uh, wanted to stay connected with you, kind of follow your story, or if you do any, like, do you have, do you have a blog? Do you got anything of that nature that our listeners could tap in with you? I retired my blog upon parenthood, <laughs> but, uh, you know, send me an email at jill at apologeticscanada.com and uh, I will see about developing a more public online presence in the future. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Jill, so much for joining us on the AC podcast. Uh, it has been an honor to have you. And once again, we are super honored to have you part of the team. Welcome to the squad. I'm honored to be part of the team. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So listeners, stay tuned. You know, you're going to be seeing Jill either in Ontario, BC. I don't know. You know the West Coast, so we might have you out here at some point. Thank you, listeners, so much for tuning into the AC Podcast. It is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. So make sure to like and subscribe and on all your favorite social media as well as on YouTube. But until next time, join us next week when we find more things to think about. And as always, love God, love people. Bye for now.